Come on, let's worship the Lord tonight. He's more precious to me after all these years. And faithful is He through
we praise you, Lord, and we worship and adore you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Please be seated. We're so glad tonight that we can gather together for service. It's our Saturday night service and we want to welcome everyone that's here in our building and those of you that are joining us online. We're so glad, extremely glad that you're able to, uh, to listen to these services and we're glad of coming to your homes and bring the gospel and this message into your homes and and to help you with your daily challenges. And, and uh, God has been good to us over these past few years. And we appreciate him for that. Regardless of what's happening in, uh, in society and in our world, uh, we have experienced God in a mighty way. And uh, that is why we sing, when we sing the choruses, we sing, how great is our God. And how great is his name. The name of Jesus is so precious and so wonderful. And, uh, and you and I are blessed to be here and joining in this, uh, in this uh, service tonight. And in all the rest of the services where you can listen to the word of God. There are people that are faced with a lot of challenges today. There's um, more sicknesses that I've know, uh, known of that... Uh, that exist in our time, and not only the, the coronavirus, but all other problems and sicknesses and diseases and challenges that people face. And the only answer to all of those problems and questions is Jesus. Amen. And uh, it's sad when people don't know him. It's sad that people who go to church and still don't know him. And it's sad that people talk about him and still don't know him. True. But we are blessed tonight that we can experience him and understand him. And the lessons that we are re receiving over these past few services are designed to allow us to know him better. And to become the people that he wants us to be. So tonight, uh, we want to bring some of the requests before the Lord. Those that are sick, we still want to remember them. And. Uh, those with problems and needs, we want to pray that God would help them. And those who have questions and that need an answer. And sometimes you're, you're, you're uh, puzzled and, and uh, you're in a situation where you need God's direction. We want to pray for you and ask the Lord to help you. So why don't you join with me? We want to remember Sister Indira Randarine's sister has passed away and it's hard to lose a loved one. And we want to pray for the Lord, give her strength and encouragement uh, during this uh, time of her mourning. Pray for the family as well. So why don't you join with me in prayer tonight? Father, we thank you tonight that we can approach your throne of mercy and your throne of grace. Father, in times like these, we need you more than ever. And we can reflect back in the years and the times which you have been so good to us. You have been merciful and kind. We thank you for your provisions, Lord, and for your help and for your protection, for protecting your people from dangers and harm and from evil. 
Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have these services broadcast over the year that the many individuals that are hungry and thirsting after righteousness can be filled. Tonight we want to pray for those that are not well, those of your people with battling uh, health issues. And Father, we pray that you will be merciful and reach down your hand of healing and touch them, heal their bodies, strengthen their faith and encourage them, we pray. Remember Sister Indira and her family. O oh Lord, as they suffer, they suffer this loss of a loved one, we pray that you'll be their comforter, Lord. And encourage their hearts. Increase their faith and their trust and confidence in you, Father. Pray, Father, for those of us here tonight that are present in this building, that you'll bless every child of God, not only here, but that's listening over the year. Encouraging their hearts, we pray. And those with questions and situations and challenges in their lives, Father, those that have difficult moments, we pray, Father, that you will be the answer to all of their questions and their needs. We ask it in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. We give you thanks tonight and we bless your name, Lord. Amen and amen. 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 Well, we are, we are so glad that, that we can uh, come to church and uh, to listen to the word of God and it's good when we can sing together and worship God together and uh, still have church. Uh, there are places around the world that do not have what we have here tonight and uh, I think that, uh, that the lessons that God is giving us they are timely lessons. We are not uh, just being educated. It's one thing to receive a lesson that just educates us. But most of these lessons that uh, and you can you can know for sure that we are getting are designed to change us uh, from the current conditions that we are in and to make us better Christians, better disciples, better people. And it's uh, very sad if I have been attending church over years, over the years, and and still have the same habits and behaviors is still the same, and we have not changed. But um, uh, the lesson, especially on Wednesday, last Wednesday night, and and uh, we can all reflect back over the, the past two years, uh, lessons we can still reflect back, and they're still fresh as ever. And we can still water those lessons. See, when a, when a plant, when a seed is planted, you don't water it once. As it grows, it still needs watering. Sure. Uh, ever so often, we would, uh, uh, we would remind individuals of what we have received. Uh, Peter, I think it was, that said, he says, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things, even though you know them, and that you be established in the present truth. We're human beings and sometimes we do forget things and uh, because of our humanity we would uh, listen to something and it don't get deep enough so we forget. When Solomon made a statement in Proverbs I think it is and it might have been the, the sixth chapter of Proverbs when he says, he says, my son forget not my laws but let uh, your heart keep my commandments. and. Uh, the commandments, I think, might have been the fourth commandment that says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And the reason why God keeps reminding his people is because we have the tendency to forget. 
and when he told Israel, when Israel came out of Egypt and, uh, uh, and he used Moses to lead them uh, to the, uh, through the wilderness, he says, he says, remember that thou was a servant. Don't forget, never forget where you're coming from. Uh, not to go back and let your mind just feed and sit on the past, especially if your past was not a, present, a, a pleasant experience. Uh, we will never let the past, that's a rugged past, that a sinful past, <coughs> affect our godly future. We would trust and ask God that we can forget some of the things that are behind. When Paul said, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. He says, I press towards the mark, the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, there are certain things we need to forget, keep them out of your mind. And certain things that we should always remember. And uh, we cannot stop <coughs> some thoughts, uh, negative thoughts from coming into our minds. Uh, it's, it's sometimes it's impossible to stop negative thoughts uh, from coming into our minds. But we can control whether or not we want it to stay there uh, or we just want it out of there. Uh, that's in our uh, ability, in our responsibility. Uh, so we want God to help us uh, to be able to make these necessary changes. And so when uh, God was telling the Israelites in, in Deuteronomy, he says, remember that thou was a servant in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God delivered thee with a mighty arm. And that is why he says, you remember that. And uh, some of the things that he met, mentioned, he told them that you know, when, it, when your child should ask, uh, when your child come and ask, what are these statutes and these commandments that you need to tell them about uh, God's mercy and his hand of deliverance. You reflect. That's your testimony for your children. Sure. Tell them about God and how God has saved you. He says, you tell them that when you were servants in the land of Egypt, <clears throat> that our mighty God, almighty God delivered us from bondage. And so in our time, we are not in physical bondage, but uh, we were in spiritual bondage. We were held in captivity, uh, in sin. But God in His goodness, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I really appreciate the time that our pastor takes to uh, deliver God's Word. I know that God, when God is speaking to this congregation, and uh, to make it more personal, I know when God is speaking to me. As a matter of fact, I feel that every lesson that is given to this assembly and to those that are listening over the year, I believe that every lesson is being ordained and anointed by God himself. And I believe that, uh, that these lessons are just not to entertain. They are too many entertainers. You know, today, when you try to listen to a song, uh, a Christian song, uh, on the air, uh, some of them are so confusing. You don't know if it's a rock concert, uh, if, it's a, if it's a godly song or ungodly song. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 there's, there's uh, ungodliness not all outside of the church alone. <clears throat> there's ungodliness in the church. 
uh, when, uh, when the, the scripture talks about ungodliness. Uh, we are not, uh, sometimes we have the tendency to, to look outside of the building, outside of the church, outside of the organization, and point our fingers uh, to those non-church goers, and we call them sinners, and we call them ungodly. Uh, but uh, that there could be a person that is ungodly simply means a person that's not following the principles of God, not keeping God's laws and His precepts and His commandments. Uh, they are not obedient to God. Uh, they're not walking in the way God wants them to walk. Uh, quite recently, I think it might have been a couple of weeks ago, we dealt with the importance of our walk, uh, how we walk, how we live. Uh, how we conduct ourselves as Christians. And this is just not an external walk or, or, or change or behavior. It's something that uh, should start from within. Uh, when the heart is right, and that is why we sing that song <clears throat> like David said in the 51st chapter of Psalms, I think it is, when he said, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, he, he saw the importance of a change in his entire life. He wanted a new heart because when he looked at his, the condition of his heart, he felt so far from where God wanted him to be. And uh, when we look at our hearts, we don't uh, examine ourselves or look at our own standards to judge our conduct or our behavior by our standards. Uh, if we do that, Paul said, he says, uh, they measure themselves by themselves are not wise. We don't use our standards. We use the Word of God. And that's why we are given the Bible, uh, God's law and His precepts to allow us to know what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And many a times we ask God's forgiveness of things that we've done wrong, the evil. We tell lies, we steal, we curse and we do uh, uh, immoral things and we ask God's forgiveness. But do you know also we need to ask God's forgiveness for failing to do the right thing. Uh, we, can, we can say, God, forgive us for doing the wrong things, but we need to understand that when we fail to do the right thing that God wants us to do, uh, it's a wrong in the sight of God. And so God has helped us over the years. And I think Wednesday, this past Wednesday, dealing with the book of uh, uh, Ephesians, uh, I think it was a it was a timely lesson, and uh, uh, they're they're individuals. When Jesus was on this earth, when he walked on this earth and he taught, he was the greatest teacher, wasn't he? He was a great a uh, 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 person uh, that uh, proclaimed God's laws and His precepts and instructions were. Uh, he would give instructions to the people. And he was the greatest. But you know what? In spite of his greatness, being the son of God, there were so many individuals and, and organizations that did not even want to listen to him. Sure. There were people, uh, as a matter of fact, members of his own family. <clears throat> family would turn against him. Uh, Jesus made a statement, I think it is, when he said, uh, he says, Woe unto you when all men speak good of you. He says, uh, I send not, I came not to send peace, but a sword. And uh, sometimes the word of God is so strong and it takes the strength or hard teaching to deal with hard areas in our lives that we need to change in. And uh, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a sugar-coated lesson or, or message that we are 
uh, delivering. Uh, but uh, we are receiving a lesson that's, that's very tough sometimes, and it's because of the areas in our lives that we need certain lessons to deal with and certain instructions to deal with. But uh, in our humanity, we find excuses and we find reasons to, uh, to come against the lessons we are receiving. And we may not, not outwardly resist, but inside, internally, we might resist what God is trying to say to us. So over here in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, and I think it was a tremendous lesson on Wednesday night when he says, "Be Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, when he says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. How can we follow God today? Uh, do we see him physically? No. But God has a ministry. Uh, he told his disciples, he says, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He says, we, you need uh, to teach whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And so they were the ministry, not every ministry. Uh, there are some ministry that would lead God's people astray. When Jesus was writing, I think it might have been the Gospel of Luke, when he says, Woe unto you lawyers, uh, those people that studied the laws, uh, those doctors of the law, uh, those uh, scribes and Pharisees and uh, and uh, uh, those that uh, spent hours and hours learning the scriptures. He says, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. He says, You enter in not yourselves. They would not get into the kingdom. He says, But those that were going into the kingdom or trying to go into the kingdom, you hindered. Uh, he says, you would, uh, you would come past land and see to make one proselyte, one convert. And when you make him, you make him a twofold child of the devil instead. So not everything that uh, preaches on the television or the radio ministry or you hear is anointed of God. Uh, there are certain individuals or certain ministry that God would use and anoint to use. And it's up to us to find that ministry. And it's up to the Lord to touch our understanding. Uh, that is why Jesus said, he says, uh, uh, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. And how can we follow God? He's not here physically in our midst, but he's got a ministry. Uh, he's given us a, a gift. He gives gifts unto men uh, for the perfecting of the church. He gives some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Uh, he says uh, for, for the ministry. And that is why we are appreciative to God today that we have a ministry that is able to take God's word and break it down for us to understand, show us our current condition and situation that we are in, and give us a hope. You see, one of the things I really appreciate with this ministry is that it's not only the message that is given to us, but an open door opportunity for us to see where we can change and how we can make that adjustment in our lives and, uh, and then turn from the conditions we are in and be qualified enough to be in God's kingdom. So Paul said here, he says, and uh, he says, and walk in love. This is something very hard to do. As Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice uh, to God for a sweet smelling savor. He says, but fornication in all uncleanness and covetousness. You see, these are certain things that he highlighted. And uh, you may need to understand when you go over, when you read a scripture and a verse of scripture and you don't understand it, don't continue to read. If you don't understand the verse, 
try to get that understanding because that when you understand that verse it will help you for the rest of the verses or the rest of the chapter to understand it better but if you go over something and just you would miss a very very important part of the lesson that is designed to save you and so when he says he says uh, but fornication and that's not only physical or natural fornication but that would include spiritual fornication natural fornication is when two unmarried person get together and have a relationship spiritual fornication is when you come and you accept the lord and you you know the truth and you've accepted god in your life and accepted the lord jesus and then you go out from his presence and you mess around with those churches or organizations that would teach contrary to what god wants you to listen to uh, you go uh, you, you go outside and you involve in worldly things and activities of this world when he said the scripture says love not the world neither the things that are in the world he says if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him it is attractive the world is attractive uh, i'll be lying to say to you that there's nothing attractive out there oh their 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 games and uh, their their entertainment and their events that are very attractive to a child of God but when you are rooted and grounded in God nothing none of these things Paul says that move me uh, because you're established in God and sometimes you may slip and we are human beings and we would fall many a times we would slip and we'll fall and we'll sin but you know what falling is not being defeated is the, the, the being defeated is when you remain fallen and you fail to get up again you ever lost your job and you feel it's the end of the world have you ever encountered a situation where you feel it's hopeless and you want to sleep in you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to go search for another job you feel it's the end of your world and everything is collapsing around you well there's hope for every child of god and this is the place I've learned what it is that to find new life. When I say new life, it means that that old life and uh, the problems and the situations that I've encountered, I put that aside. I learned to control the circumstances around me. I may not be able to change the circumstance around me, but I can adjust my attitude towards the situation or circumstances around me. And this is where I learned to trust in God. Amen. And trusting in God is not something that's done overnight. No, it might, be, it might take you years uh, to overcome in a certain situation or a certain habit that you have. Or you might pray about it. And you might feel that your prayer is not being answered. You might ask someone else to pray with you. And you might feel that your prayers are not being answered. Well, God hears every prayer. Want you to know that he answers every prayer. But the answer that we want might not be the answer that God has for you. Or God has for me. We may want him to say yes. And what he's saying is no. Why? Because he sees the past. He sees and he knows the present. And he knows the future. And he knows exactly what to bring us through or what to uh, give us that we might be able to overcome certain situation. And be able to, uh, to, to get to that place where he wants us. Gold is not purified by water and soap or detergent. Gold is only purified by fire. 
And so God is working on every one of us to make us into individuals that would be qualified enough to be in his kingdom. And so Paul went on to say here, he says, uh, but fornication and uncleanness and covetousness. Have you ever had a, a, an appliance in your house that, that I remember uh, we, we were talking about it the other day. Uh, we were we were in the in the Caribbean, in the West Indies. We grew up, and uh, we used to cook in a little thing we call a fireside, and that is a little piece of uh, 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 an equipment like that, that thing made of some iron and some clay. And we used to put firewood inside and light it up, and put the, the, the pots on top. And we used to cook. And you know what? Growing up on that, it was it was paradise for us. It was good, but then we improved. And we went into the uh, kerosene stove, uh, where you put, uh, you have a stove with kerosene, and we, we, we had a wick, and that was faster. And then we improved to the electric stove, and then we improved to the gas stove. And you know what? The microwave today is not fast enough for a lot of people. Sure. It's too slow. And so we have improved, but you know, sometimes you may have something that's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but because you visited somebody, and you see that they've got a, a, a new piece of a, a toy. I call it toys. And a little piece of equipment. That you feel that, hey, why don't I have that? Long ago, a house was designed to provide you with protection. Today it's not. Long ago, a car was designed to take you from point A to point B. Today it's not. Long time, long ago, a watch was designed to tell you the time. Today it's not. And may you understand what I'm trying to say. Sure. Uh, the simplicity is not here in our midst, in our age today. It's different. Uh, the phone, when we have the phone, we have improved the cell phones. And that was designed for a conversation, an emergency. And now it's designed to destroy a lot of people. Social media. Uh, where we can use, we can turn social media, and we have done that, turn it around to be a blessing to God's people. And we can use an instrument. You see, this was not created by the godly. This piano, instruments were not created by the godly, the children of God. It was the ungodly that created the musical instruments. But the godly, God has touched their minds and our hearts so that we can take whatever was created by the ungodly, turn it around and use it to worship and praise God. And even so, our hands, these are instruments. We can either use this uh, to give glory to God or we can use it to give glory to the devil. Uh, our mouth, uh, uh, we have a mouth that we can either sing a glory and praise to God or we can use this uh, to give uh, praise to the adversary. It's up to us what we do with every part of our body. And so Paul went on, he says, a covetousness. Covetousness is one thing more than you have enough of already. You're not satisfied with that. That is why the Ten Commandments, I think, talk about uh, thou shall not covet. And so he says, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become its saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking. Uh, you know, some people cannot have a conversation without talking something, a bunch of nonsense. Something without any uh, uh, edification. Uh, you cannot have a good conversation, an intelligent conversation. Uh, why we, we need to, some of us, we need to read more. 
and we need to study more. Uh, why don't we, when you pick the phone up, uh, the scripture says, he says, uh, uh, if there be any sick among you, uh, you call for the elders. <clears throat> if I'm an elder, and many times I look at my life when I uh, rate it against the word of God and the demands and the requirements of the scripture, I find myself coming so short. That I feel so unqualified to even stand here to minister God's word. I feel so unqualified. And so it's a, it's a, if a, the scripture says, if you are sick, any sick among you, he says, you call for the elders. It didn't say if any sick among you, let the elders call for them. No. He says, you call for the elders. Mm -hmm. And if the prayer of faith, which means now as an elder, if you're going to call on me to pray for you in your sickness, it means I've got to get my act together i've got to get to that place to understand that i've got to build a strong relationship and connection with god that regardless of the time and the hour of the day or the night that you call on me you're calling for help but if i'm empty and chaffy and frivolous i will not be able to help you i would just put my spirit on you and you would remain the same where you are but if I've got this strong connection, regardless of where I am or what I'm doing, and that phone rings and I pick that phone up and the audience says, you know what? I need prayer. I'll be able to say, okay, drop what I have, I'm doing, and begin to pray for you. Because the prayer of faith shall save the, save the sick. I remember the times in which I was cutting the grass and mowing the lawn. And uh, I was in front of my yard mowing the, the lawn and my neighbor, which was a Hindu person and never went to a Christian church or Christian organization, uh, a Hindu, uh, he stopped me and a gentleman and he says, Sam, hey, shut that mower off for a second. I shut it off. He says, I want you to do me a big favor. He was an elderly person. I says, okay, what can I help you with? He says, I've had five bypasses and they have given up on me. He says that they, they said, I cannot have any more. My heart is going. Uh, he says, I, they, they've given up on me. I need something from you. I says, what do what, what you want from me? He says, can you pray with me? You see, every day he saw me getting dressed for service at church. He saw me come out to my car with a necktie and a suit. Not because I wear a necktie and a suit means I'm representing God right. I'm living right. No, this could be a deception. But I understand. He knew that I was going to church. And he knew I was going to a place that was a place of prayer. You know what I did? I didn't say, hold on a second. Let me call the band, our church band. And let him play a number. And get some songs together. Uh, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And sort of whip something. I would have been a complete failure. I would not have been qualified for, to be part of the ministry. I would have had no connection or communication with God. But, you know, regardless of what I was doing, I dropped that lawnmower. I held him in the middle of the walk, the sidewalk in the street, and I prayed with him. And asked God for mercy and help. He was admitted to the hospital. And he sent for me. His family says, I don't know what, but he wanted you to come to the hospital. You know what? Sometimes we need to let our light shine Amen. before men. That they may see. And this is what Paul was talking about here in, 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 uh, in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. We need to reflect God in every aspect of our lives. We need to put off things that will hinder our progress and spiritual development in God. Put them aside. 
when he was writing to, to Colossians, he says, uh, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. He says, he says, you need to put off all these. Anger. How often do we get angry? Wrath and malice. He says, you put off all of these and not only put them off, you leave yourself empty. He says, but put on love and joy and peace and goodness and mercy and kindness. We need to fill our lives for us to reflect the Lord Jesus as he was. I think Paul made a statement. It might have been in Corinthians when he says that Jesus was a reflection of God Almighty, the Father. We can see it in the face of Jesus reflecting. For us to reflect Jesus, we need to have Jesus in us. How did Jesus reflect the Father? He says, on that day you shall know. He's writing in the Gospel of John. He says, on that day you will know that I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. And I in you. He says, before that earlier, he said, he says, I pray that the Father will send you a comforter. He says, for he is dwelling with you, but he shall be in you. As a matter of fact, who was that comforter with them? It was the Lord Jesus. But how was Jesus in Christ? Uh, in, in God. And God was in him. Paul says, he says, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. How was God in Christ? And how is Christ in us? The hope of glory was through the Holy Spirit. And that is why as children of God, we are Pentecostals. We are serving God in spirit and in truth. Jesus made a step. He says, God is his spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's no, no quiet way to worship God. And that is why tonight when we were singing, we had our spirits in the song. We lift our hands up when we were worshiping God. We clapped our hands. We opened our mouths. Why? Because He is great. Our God is great. And our God is mighty. And we lift our hands with our voices in praise and adoration to Him. Let the world know we are serving a God that's alive. And so for us to reflect Jesus... We need to have that Holy Spirit in us. The hope of glory. The Spirit of God residing in our lives. It means if I'm going to reflect Jesus. Then everything that is, is associated with the Lord Jesus. You know that in, in might have been Luke the fourth chapter. When they were saying look at Jesus. They were talking about him. He with gracious words. With gracious words. Uh, I think earlier in that chapter. We were talking when they said about him. Uh, Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me. To preach a gospel to the poor. Are we willing to preach the gospel to the poor? Those that are hungry and thirsting after righteousness. Are we in that place right now? Are we equipped enough to preach the gospel to the poor? To heal the broken hearted? Are we healing the broken hearted? Are we making hearts broken? We need to ask ourselves the question today. When you call someone, are you trying to mend the relationship or are you trying to sever a relationship? These six things that the Lord hate. Yea, the seventh is an abomination unto him. A proud look, the first one. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A heart that devises wicked imagination. A false witness that speaketh lies. And the last one was, he that soweth discord among brethren. He that soweth, but God, I speak in tongues. It does not mean you can stop with the tongues of men of angels. If you don't have charity, you are nothing before God. It's not an easy way to get into the kingdom. For us to be like Christ, 
We need to have his lifestyle. There are many people today, especially those that lost loved ones, lost a spouse. I would imagine the time that you'll spend, I would imagine this because I put myself in that position and that situation. You lost someone dear to you. You've probably spent a lot of hours crying by yourself, weeping and, 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 and missing that person. When you get someone from a religious organization that wants to counsel you and call you, are they giving you the right comfort, the comforting words? Are they saying the right things? When Paul says, let your speech be always with grace, season with salt. May God help us to understand there might be people saying things that are negative in our ears. But if you've got that spirit of Christ dwelling in you, working in you, you'll be able to know the right from the wrong. When Jesus, what Paul said, he says, why don't you not suffer yourself? Why don't you not rather take wrong? Why don't you not suffer yourself to be defrauded? Sometimes people that you've got confidence in and you put a lot of trust in might turn against you. Mm -hmm. We have experienced that in Guyana when we started our work in the ministry in Guyana. We have experienced people that we are associated with for years and we went to church together. We sat together. We worshiped God together when the truth of God's word would begin to preach. It caused a division, severance. Blessed are your eyes for they see, and blessed are your ears for they hear. <clears throat> Some of those ears and eyes were not blessed, but had a separation. But I'm so glad tonight I'm here, not because anybody forced me to be here. I'm not here because my mom alone went to church and she took me to church it was good but i'm here tonight because of a choice that i've made choice. of a message that i've heard of a revelation that i've had of a gospel that brought salvation to my soul and a change to my lifestyle that the things i used to do i can say i do them no more the things i used to crave after I craved that no more because God had made a complete transformation of my mind, of my soul, of my spirit. There is now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. My God, I'm so grateful for this place that I've found myself in. This is, this is chapter 5 of, of, uh, of uh, Ephesians. It's endless. It goes back again to the lesson we've had in, in Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And not look outside for the ungodly. There might people within the church environment that are ungodly might want to give you advice or counseling that might not be appropriate to what God wants you to listen to. But you know what? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But regardless of what they say, my delight, I find pleasure, my delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall be green. There's always hope for every child of God.
that trust God and believe God. I appreciate Brother Singh and his ministry. I appreciate Sister Chanry and the time that they've spent in this assembly giving the word of God and helping every one of us to make the changes. There is no hatred. There is no animosity in their ministry. But there is love and compassion. And everything is pointing towards us for our better and our future. So this is a blessed place to be tonight. We're glad that we are able to be here. Why don't we sing a song right now? And, and we want to join our hearts together as we sing this song. Amen. <clears throat> Why don't we all stand? That's holding the rain. There's something within me. Something within me I long to explain But all I can say is Praise the Lord There's something within There's something within me Oh, we thank you, Lord Hallelujah Something within me within me I long to explain that all I can say praise the Lord there's something within why don't we all pray Father tonight we approach your throne of mercy and grace we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus which, who set a perfect example for us to follow. Thank you for sending him into this world as a sacrifice to die on the cross to bring us salvation. And Father, he was touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. Uh, we're so glad tonight that we can call upon you in times of weakness and in times of our struggles, Father. When we are battling the flesh and a worldliness and things that have a hole in our lives, Father, that's preventing us from moving forward in our Christian development, we ask you tonight for mercy and grace. Father, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we pray. Help us, O Lord, to overcome the adversary. And give us the strength, O God, to, to look ahead and, and to make it unto the kingdom, Father. We pray, Father, that you'll please encourage our hearts. Give us the direction that we need. Every child of God tonight that's listening to this message and uh, this broadcast, we ask that you'll minister to their hearts. 
Increase their faith and their trust and their confidence in you, Father. Let them understand that Jesus is the only answer to their needs and to their problems. Bless us, we pray, as we go. Bless your people wherever they are. Remember our service tomorrow, we pray, but you'll give us a good time in your house, Father. Thank you for our pastor and his dear wife. Continue to use them in the ministry. Continue, Lord, to let their ministry be a blessing to every child of God that's listening. Father, we ask it in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Amen.